Hi, Mom. Okay. Well, here we are, and uh, as we go forward, I just have a couple of basic questions um, because I'm new here, and I was just wondering, does anybody here know how to uh, make jam? Nobody? Do you kind of, maybe? Okay, so somebody at my parish um, that I help at in uh, Poissippi uh, gave me a bunch of, like, grapes, and she said, hey, you should make some jam, and I have no idea how to do that, so maybe you can talk, help me. They're over on the, on the table over there. Uh, that has nothing to do with anything. It's just practical uh, for me because otherwise I'm going to waste those grapes that she gave me, um, but I figured I'd just ask that question um, because I, I think uh, sometimes we ask questions like that. They're just kind of very practical, but it doesn't really get to the heart of of what the Lord is asking us. So I want to look today just at, at St. Paul's reading. I love the reading from Matthew. I'll talk about it a little bit, but I want to look at uh, the reading from St. Paul because first of all, it's, it's like right in my, my alley. It's just two verses long. So like, I'm like, sweet, I can handle that. And the second thing is uh, the Lord calls us to do actually what we're doing right now, which is kind of strange. So St. Paul in his letter today, he says, I urge you brothers and sisters by the mercy of God, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. And the question is, well, how do we do that? Well, actually, we do that at the Mass. But we offer our bodies with Jesus, with the, with the priest. And when, when the priest says, this is my body, we kind of echo back, this is my body offered for you, Father. Uh, this is my blood. So check that box. We got that done. Um, you know, holy and pleasing to God, your spiritual worship. So that's what we're doing here. We're here to worship God, to forget about the world, and focus back on God. But then it gets a little more difficult. St. Paul says, do not conform yourselves to this age, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and pleasing and perfect. So usually I'm just kind of like looking at this. I'm like, well, how in the heck do we do that? How do we not conform our lives to this age? Because it's very easy kind of in this college atmosphere, this kind of culture that's uh, based, we make a lot of our, of our decisions based on our emotions rather than what's true, good and beautiful. Like, how do we not do that? That's kind of a question. How do we not do that? How do we, um, how do we transform, become transformed by the renewal of our minds? How do we actually allow our minds to guard our heart, to guard our emotions? And how do we, you know, discern the will of God? Because we pray, like, all the time, thy will be done. And our Father, thy will be done. But often we don't even think about what, what is God's will in this moment, you know, to, to discern, you know, what, which, first of all, what's good, what's pleasing, what's perfect. So I just want to briefly look at um, St. Peter as a model for this. And, you know, firstly, um, he had to trust God. So maybe you remember the readings from last week. Uh, the readings were, you know, the, who do you say that I am? And once Peter had the understanding that God trusted him, he came forward and said, you are, you are the Christ, you are the Son of the living God. And he had to trust Jesus. And then Jesus said, you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my Bible. No, he didn't say that. He actually said, I'll build my church. It's more than a building, it's people. He actually wanted to build up a new kingdom on earth. And secondly, uh, Peter had to be humble. He had to step out in faith and proclaim, apart from everybody else, that Jesus is the son of the living God. He is the Christ. And thirdly, he had to be patient because as soon as Jesus says today that he's going to suffer, which a lot of people want this Barney Jesus. They want the Jesus who doesn't suffer. They don't like that Jesus uh, on the cross there. They, they want the one who is pre-crucified, so to speak. And he says, you know, get over here, Jesus. Um, no, you are not going to go to Jerusalem. And I think Jesus' response 
speaks to his impatience. And he pulls him aside and he's, and he, he's getting ahead of Jesus in his impatience. And he says, get behind me, Satan. Because when you and I are impatient, we're not trusting, we're not humble, we get ahead of Jesus. And then our life gets kind of crazy. And Jesus pulls him aside because he wants him to know firmly without a doubt. And he wants you and I to know firmly without a doubt how much he loves you. And when you look at the suffering of Jesus, um, you think more like God does, that, he, that God loves you that much. But when you think like man, um, you know, we think about what's in it for me. We become, become like Peter a little bit and we think, uh, no, uh, you're not going to suffer for me. Uh, I'm unworthy, lie. Um, I'm unlovable, lie. And the Lord says, I'm going sh- to show you by my actions how much I love you. And now, I don't, I don't know about you, but I'm pretty much amazed at how much Jesus trusts me. Like, like Mother Teresa literally had a prayer. I wish Jesus didn't trust me so much. I know he trusts me, but I wish he didn't trust me so much. And often, um, I have to pray to, to, to learn how to trust God more. I have to do these litanies. And maybe you've, you've prayed different litanies, like a litany of St. Joseph or a litany of the Blessed Mother, litany of Laredo. But there's also a litany of trust, right? Maybe you prayed that before and... Um, has anyone here ever prayed the litany of trust before? Okay. And like when I pray that, I'm like, well, I got, I got a lot of work to do. Um, but it's good. It sanctifies me. And then there's also um, that stupid uh, pride that gets in the way. And the opposite of pride is humility. And um, often the Lord keeps us humble to, rem- to remind us that our life is not about us. Which also takes pressure off our shoulders. It's, it's about him. And uh, it also keeps us, humility keeps us from like keeping our foot out of our mouth. Like Peter is like known for having foot and mouth disease. Like he's always putting his foot in his mouth. And maybe you pray the litany of humility. Has anyone here ever prayed the litany of humility? Like whenever I pray, maybe look that up, look up the litany of humility. It's so beautiful. It's so good. Um, it's like a kick in the pants, but like right where you need it, so to speak. And I, I know when I pray that, um, when, I, when I want God's will to be done, it brings peace because I get on my knees and I say, Lord, I don't understand. I go through lit and humility because I don't deserve to be here. None of us really do. And often um, I just thank God for his will. And I, I pray that that litany of humility and I'd encourage you to, you to pray with pray it. And if you look it up to pray it and whatever stands out to you, uh, again, not based on your emotions, but on your mind being formed by being transformed, thinking, Lord, what are you calling me? How are you calling me to grow in deeper relationship with you? But then there's a new one that I came across and uh, it helps for those of you who are impatient. So I don't know if you ever get impatient, but I get impatient a lot. I find myself like, like Peter. Now, I don't want Jesus to suffer. I just want him just to rise. <laughs> just rise, please. I don't want to go to Jerusalem. I don't want to like see what my sins did to you. I don't, I don't want to go there. But recently I came across a litany and maybe you can understand where I'm going with this, but it's called the litany of patience. And I discovered it uh, when I pray on the Hallow app. So I'm, I'm, I'm in need of accountability. I need help to pray all the time. A lot of people think that priests are perfect. I'm far from it. Um, and as I've been preparing this space for you all to kind of make it a nest, to make it to let you know of God's love. It's been very difficult to pray. It's been extremely difficult to pray. Um, when I first got here, it was easy because the missionaries and I, we would get up, have holy hour from 8 to 9, and then a little after 9 o'clock we'd have Mass. And I had accountability. It was so easy to pray and get my holy hour in. 
But then as I've been praying in the space, it's, it's been really hard to sit and be still because I, I sit and I look, oh, that needs to change. Oh, I could do that. Oh, I could do that. And this needs done. That needs done. And maybe you, you've been in that position in your life. And the litany of patience, you know, has really revealed to me how weak of a priest I am. You know, um, I don't know about you, but like, we're not Christians because we're strong. We're Christians because we're weak. We need a savior. And I've been praying. Um, and I look forward to, to praying holy hours with you because it actually helps me as a weak man who needs accountability. And we'll have a holy hour every day here um, during the week, Tuesdays through Fridays. And so maybe what we could do is just pray that litany of patience. Maybe you're excited for students to come on campus. Maybe you're, you're afraid or um, maybe you're perfected with the virtue of patience and you can just kind of skip out here. Not about you, but I am not perfect at it. But for those of us who do struggle with, with impatience, I'd like to invite you just to pray with me. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to, I'm going to pray the words. Um, and then your response for the first few stanzas is deliver me, Jesus. We pray, deliver me from us from evil all time when we pray the Our Father. Um, but whatever stands out to you, try to guard your emotions. Pray for the transformation of your mind, the renewal of your mind, right? That's uh, that we're called to do. So we can begin to discern what is good, pleasing, and perfect, right? So um, if you and I come here and we're not transformed, something's wrong with us, not God. And I think a lot of times we seem to stop a few times and just ask in the situation, God, what is your will right now? Or what is your will for this place? What is your will, your, your, your plan for my life? But again, because God is patient, because he wants us to go to Jerusalem to encounter him, his love for us, that transforms your mind, it transforms every part of your life. A lot of times he's like, hey, slow down. Let me show you my wounds. Let me show you uh, how to forgive, how I forgave. So your response is going to be, Deliver me, Jesus. And it'll change halfway through, and I'll kind of walk you through it. But I'm going to do this slowly so we can actually practice patience as we pray the litany of patience, okay? And if anything kind of stands out to you, it's most likely that the Lord is drawing you into his wounds, drawing you into his heart, just to spend more time with him with those words. And a natural response when you pray is to close your eyes. Just don't fall asleep. Um, But I'm just going to pray this and invite you to respond uh, with the words, deliver me, Jesus. And it gets right to the point right away uh, in this prayer. So I'll begin by praying. From the desire to control my life, deliver me, Jesus. From rash judgment and haste, from impulsive decision-making, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire to act when I need to be still, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire to speak when I need to stay silent, deliver me, Jesus. From the delusion that my own ideas and plans are what would be best, deliver me, Jesus. From impatience with sins and idiosyncrasies of others, From impatience with my own sins and slow growth in virtue. 
from impatience with your plan for my life. From the desire to live on my own timeline. From the fear of running out of time. From the fear of aging and death. From the temptation to act out of sorrow, discouragement, anxiety, or fear. So the next section, the response is, Lord, teach me to trust your love. That I may wait upon your word before making important decisions. Lord, teach me to trust your love. That I may not get ahead of or behind your spirit. Lord, teach me to trust your love. That I may maintain an eternal perspective in all that I do. Teach me to trust your love. That I may accept and surrender to your will for me daily. Lord, teach me to trust your love. That I may truly believe all things work for the good of those who love you. Lord, teach me to trust your love. That I may radiate to others your peace and joy which surpasses all understanding. So it's most likely that while we were praying that, something stood out to you. There's an invitation from the Holy Spirit, and there might have been a fear that arose that the devil wants to trap you and I in. Maybe when you receive communion today, ask the Lord to heal you of your fears, of whatever rose up, to trust in him more, to be more humble, and to be patient with him as he is patient with you. Amen.